0: This is where you go to learn what you need to help you elevate your impact, influence, and income by self publishing your first nonfiction book. Welcome to She Gets Published with your host, Amazon International best selling author and self publishing coach, Lynette Pottle.
1: Hey, hey, my soon to be published author friend. Welcome to episode eight. Today is a really special episode because I'm introducing you to our first guest. As you listen to this interview with Emma G. Rose, you'll quickly understand why I invited her to join us. Emma has published multiple books in a variety of genres. She's the founder of Imperative Press Books, a small indie publishing house, and the co-host of the Indie Book Talk podcast. I know Emma personally because she happens to be the very first person I mentored through the self-publishing process. I can tell you that she is a genuinely phenomenal human with a huge heart and a ton of wisdom to share. So get ready to receive some juicy nuggets of goodness that will support you on your publishing journey. It's my absolute pleasure to introduce you to Emma G. Rose. Hey, Emma. Thanks for being here on She Gets Published. Welcome. Thanks for having me. I'm excited. (laughs) I'm excited too. And like I said in the intro, you were the first person I ever mentored through the self-publishing process. But I think to get started in our conversation, we need to tell a little bit of the backstory because it's not exactly as it seems (laughs) because this (laughs) wasn't intentional, right?
0: Yeah, we ended up doing this by accident. I had hired you to help me with my freelance writing business to get me situated as a business person rather than just somebody who's doing it for fun. And during our very first phone call, somehow it came to light that I had this novel that had been languishing on a hard drive somewhere because I was not getting it published, basically. (laughs)
1: And there was a reason you weren't getting it published. There were several, but one of the big things that I recall from that conversation was just around your ideas about what it what had to happen in order to be published and, and what kind of publisher could do that.
0: Right. I was very... Committed at the time to the idea that I had to have a traditional publisher, that an editor at a major publishing house had to say to me, Yes, this book is good, and give me their seal of approval in order for my book to be legitimate. I I just believed that independent publishing was not the same, was not legitimate, was not professional. And I've definitely changed that opinion, but at the time I was very committed to that idea, that it couldn't be real if I didn't have someone outside me saying, ah, yes, you're good enough to be on the shelf.
1: Right. That validation, that external validation. Right. Yeah. So that was only three short years ago. (laughs) Yeah. Right. (laughs) And you mentioned in our first call, that was something that came to light. And it didn't take a whole long time before you were thinking about it and considering maybe I will dip my toe into this world and maybe I can do self public. Once I started doing the research,
0: I realized that the idea that I had was partially, I guess, old fashioned would be the word. I remember being in high school and reading back issues of like Writer's Digest where they talked about how people had independently published self-published vanity press all of that and ended up with you know warehouses full of books that they couldn't sell or just all kinds of horror stories about it and I wasn't really aware because I'd written that off so completely I wasn't even aware of the incredible advances that had been made in the publishing world where we have print on demand and we have you know a a couple of large distributors that can take even a self-published book, even an independently published book and put it into bookstores and, and onto the major platforms. So I really just didn't even realize how far publishing had come. And so until you pushed me to rethink this concept, I didn't even know what was available to me. I had opted out without even exploring the possibility
1: uh that is uh, opted out before exploring the possibility that's really powerful because we do that in other areas of our life too but certainly as it comes to self publishing and so you have really gone from one extreme let's say to the other because <laughs> from like no way would i self publish to the point of truly I consider you to be a champion of the whole indie experience. Thank you.
0: I I like to believe myself to be a champion because once I discovered this and discovered the possibilities, I thought, why should anyone ever feel like they can't get their book into the hands of people who want it? That, That shouldn't be a thing. And so I now have my own publishing house. I now have Indie Book Talk podcast where that's what we talk about. We talk about how the indie book world is expanding and what authors actually have to do to get their book in the world and, you know, how the traditional publishing world is changing and maybe impacting how independent publishers operate. Uh, And I do tend to use the phrase independent because self-publishing still to this day, and this is personal, but still to this day that the words self-published reminds me of those horror stories in Writer's Digest. (laughs) And so I use independent publishing as almost a a tiny little mental differentiator that says, I'm not, this isn't a vanity thing. This is an independence thing. This is me choosing not to be held back by someone else's idea of what's okay for me to
1: do. Yeah. And that's a huge differentiator, right? Because that is the thing with publishing our own books is it's retaining control of the process as well.
0: Absolutely. And you give up a lot of control. You do get something from it, Oftentimes when you traditionally publish, but you do give up a lot of control as well. And sometimes, you know, I've been talking on on our podcast recently with people who have who were what's called orphaned, which means that your editor dies, gets fired, moves on, and your book just languishes in the publishing house. And maybe your series dies or maybe you don't get to publish anymore because they still have the rights, but nobody's representing you. And the nice thing about independent publishing is you represent you. You get to be your own best advocate. And if somebody says you can't do that, you get to say, oh, but I can and I'm going to find a way to do it.
1: <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Well, I love that. And I know there's a lot of value in sharing that story. And will it will encourage others as they listen. And what I'd like to do is dig into... A few specific questions that I think will be super helpful as we underwent the process of walking through your self-publishing, your independent publishing experience to start with, one of the things that we've talked about recently here on the podcast back on episode five is like, how long does it take to publish your first book? And while the Mm. answer is it varies widely, I'd love it if you could share a little bit about that experience for you. How long did it take you to publish that first book?
0: Oh, it was definitely less, I mean, publishing once I got serious, because we're not (laughs) going to talk about the, you know, once I came to the decision, yes, I'm going to do this. I think it maybe took eight months, maybe 12, but I think it was closer to eight. And a lot of that time was my learning curve. Once you've done it a few times, you can probably do it a lot faster than that. But for me... a lot of the time was spent fighting with myself, telling myself this is hard, telling myself I don't know what I'm doing, and then having you come in and say, okay, but you can do it anyway. And (laughs) so, I mean, it's really like there are moving pieces that you do have to coordinate and there are things that will be out of your control. So for example, especially right now, printing and shipping is a mess. And it's a mess because of all the reasons that everything else in the world is a little bit frazzled. So you do have to build in some time for getting that first copy of your book in your hand to make sure it looks good. That might take longer than it took me when I did it three years ago. So there is a, you know, there is some time in there that you're going to have to build in. And I would say always build in a buffer because you never know what's going to happen that is outside your control. What you can control is how much time you allow yourself to make this possible. So for your first book, I'd say if you give yourself a a solid year, you should be able to meet that deadline, that publishing deadline without undue anxiety.
1: Yeah. And I think that is such a good point because it's if you set your goal to be a year and you publish in nine months, well, how awesome does that feel? Right. Rather than dealing with the chaos at the end of rushing and hustling and stressing out because something's caught in transit and you don't have the books that you need and all of that. So great advice there. And I know that during that first process, you got through the first book and that was far from the end. That was just the beginning for you because you've published multiple books and multiple genres since then. What what do you think stands out in your mind as something that you learned through that first run-through that you were able to adopt in the second process, the next time you went through that process, something that you added? Actually,
0: Okay, so this is actually a more confusing question than it sounds because often when I talk about publishing my first book, I talk about Nothing's Ever Lost, which was my first novel. But in reality, there's a little-mentioned secret first nonfiction book that i published only on amazon and what i learned from that is that i don't want to be published only on amazon i want (laughs) that broader distribution partially because i want to maximize the availability of my book so i want you to be able to get it wherever you are and if i publish only through amazon then i'm limited by amazon's platform and that's true anywhere you know if you build out your Instagram profile to, to promote your book. And that's the only place you're, you're building it out. You don't have an author presence in other places. If something happens to Instagram, you're in trouble. Right. So I think one of the things I learned was to diversify as much as I can without draining myself. So for me, being able to publish through Ingram, to distribute through Ingram and have my book printed by them means that I can be distributed everywhere. And my books, you can go to walmart.com and order my books if you want to. That's not true of that first nonfiction book because I've only published it as like a Kindle book. Right. I think the other thing is that it's really only as hard as you make it. Every step of this process, someone has done before and someone has found better and more efficient and easier ways to do it. So if it's something that you've never done before, you're not alone. You're not sitting there trying to figure out something that no one's ever done. There's a whole universe of people, including Lynette out there, who know exactly how to do this and can tell you and can help you and can help you find your way. But there's a feeling of isolation that comes when you're the one sitting in front of the computer screen trying to figure out how do I file for copyright that's just, can be overwhelming if you allow it to be.
1: Yes, absolutely. I remember my my experience of actually learning that I could apply to be, to have a Library of Congress control number. It's like, what? I can do that? <laughs> I mean, we've talked about that before. I just totally geek out over that fact. And that wouldn't have been, if I didn't have a mentor, that wouldn't have been something that ever would have crossed my reality.
0: Exactly. There's a lot out there. And you you can do it. You can absolutely do it yourself, but you're going to make it a lot harder for yourself if you try to do it in your own little bubble and not reach out. And the amazing thing is the author community in general is incredibly supportive. We recognize that we are not competition for each other. No author can write enough books to satisfy readers. You need lots of authors writing lots of books and sometimes lots of books on the same topic from different angles so that people can feel like they really get everything they want out of it. Uh, I have on my bookshelf right now, I'm looking at my bookshelf, and I have probably 14 books on Vincent Van Gogh. (laughs) Those books are not competing with each other, right? I bought them because they're about somebody that I'm interested in. And if a new one comes out that I feel like is a different angle or a newer, interesting way to look at his life, I'll probably buy that too. So we have the luxury of being really supportive of each other. And most authors are ready and willing to share their experience, share their time, share their knowledge, or point you in the right direction.
1: Absolutely. That's been my experience as well. And I remember there was uh, something else that came up that I wanted to mention. I haven't talked about it in a podcast episode yet, but I remember a conversation with you around advanced reader copies. That was something that was like, wow, it would be good to plan in the time that I could have advanced reader copies to share with folks before my launch. How has that worked out for you as you've implemented that?
0: That is actually huge beyond the advanced reader copy thing. Having your books ready, printed, in hand, even if you only order a couple of copies for yourself to have, is so important because that allows you to do all kinds of marketing you couldn't otherwise do. Um, Advanced reader copies or ARCs are one of those things. So you can send them out to bloggers or podcasters or reviewers and say, here, read this before it comes out. You can't do that if you don't have your book ready until the day before your launch date. But the other thing is you can do photographs with your book in interesting places or with interesting people, you know, and having a real life person holding your book is very different from having like a photoshopped thing where it looks like someone's holding your book. That's fine for a lot of marketing applications. But if you're talking about like, look at this local media personality who's holding my book, you want that to be the actual physical copy. And that is done best when you have copies in hand. So I would say always, if you can, build in that time to get those copies. And also just for your peace of mind, because I did, you know, in-person real life launch party. If you don't have, if you don't know that you're going to have those books, you can be in an awkward situation at that launch party. So I had it scheduled in that first round that I had physical books in hand. I think it was like two months before I would meant to have that launch party. And then that does make a huge difference. You feel more secure. You know, you have books to give to readers, to sell to readers, to show off in places. And bookstores, you know, if you're working with independent bookstores or local bookstores, you can have those books ready to go on the shelf the day that they're available for sale online. Yes.
1: Yeah. It's really hard to have a book signing party if you don't have a book to sign. Right. <laughs> yes. You would say that's the
0: core core piece that you need in order to have a book signing party.
1: Absolutely. There's been a lot of juicy nuggets in this episode that people are going to be able to take away, put into action, maybe just to be able to pose a question that they didn't even know that they had before, Emma. So I appreciate you sharing all of your wisdom and experience. And I'm just wondering. As we're wrapping up, if there's a particular piece of encouragement or advice that we haven't talked about so far that you would love to leave with someone that is just getting ready to dip their toe into this indie publishing world.
0: Think about marketing now. Think about how you're going to get this book in front of people because you can write an amazing book, a life-changing book, but it won't matter if no one reads it. And people will only read it if they know it exists. So your work is not done when the book is written. It's not even done when the book is published. This is an ongoing project that you're taking on to keep selling this book and to keep promoting this book. The more that you do that, the more work you put in, the more sales you'll get out, and the more people will read your work.
1: Golden, golden, golden. (laughs) All right, so tell us more about where we can find you, more about Indie Book Talk. And just staying in touch.
0: So come check out Indie Book Talk. We talk about the expanding universe of indie books. We do book reviews of indie books. We talk to independent authors as well as now and then a traditional and hybrid author. We uh, love hearing from people and answering their questions. So if you have questions, we're really more focused on the fiction side of things. But a lot of it is interesting and relevant regardless of your genre. If you want to find me or my books, you can find me on anywhere, really. But you can go to my website, uh, emmagauthor.com. We'll get you to all the socials as well as my publishing house, which is Imperative Press Books and imperativepressbooks.com.
1: Excellent. Well, thanks again for being here, Emma. And we look forward to your expanding universe of indie books Mm. and all that you have coming in the future. Thank you for having me. Was that a great episode or what? I hope you pulled out some great takeaways from the insights Emma shared with us. Now, before you go, it's time for this week's challenge, which is to find a mentor. You don't have to figure out this publishing journey all on your own. Like Emma said, there are people out there ready to support you. I'm one of them. Besides the podcast, if you are interested in having a guide to hold you by the hand to be with you every step of the way at your pace, my She Gets Published 12-month mentoring experience may be right for you. Head over to SheGetsPublished.com and send me a message so we can set up a time to talk.
0: That's a wrap for this episode, but don't let that get you down. Of course, there are more episodes to come. But in the meantime, join us inside the She Gets Published community where the conversation continues. Head to facebook.com slash groups slash She Gets Published to join. See you next time. This podcast is part of the Sound Advice FM network. Sound Advice FM. Women's voices amplified.